0: You are listening to Natural Born Alchemist. Welcome to episode number 112 of the Natural Born Alchemist podcast. My name is Alex and I'll be your host. In this episode, my guest is Mikhail Hujnević. And I hope I pronounced that correctly. Uh, Mikal is a photographer and a traveler. And he has been to some very interesting places. And uh, I invited him to the podcast to share some of his experiences while traveling to such places as North Korea and Chernobyl. For you kids listening that might be too young to remember, the Chernobyl disaster was a catastrophic nuclear accident that occurred on the 26th of April 1986 in what is now called Ukraine. But in those days it was the Ukrainian Soviet Socialist Republic of the Soviet Union. As for North Korea, which is what this podcast episode will mostly focus on, I'm sure you've heard about that country. And if you haven't, you will soon so let's get started Thanks for being on the podcast.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No problem.
0: So can you tell the listeners a bit about who you are?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Um, uh, but what I do, I'm, a, I'm actually a software developer, but you probably heard of me as a photographer. That's something I do as a, as a passion, I guess, but I'm completely amateur. And um, my pictures gained, I guess, some... Uh, popularity uh, earlier this year because of my venture into North Korea. And um, some of the pictures I took there were maybe not like your ordinary pictures from North Korea. So um, that's pretty much it.
0: So what what made you go to North Korea in the first place? I think
1: um, North Korea is probably the most weird place on Earth. It's so strange, so secluded and mysterious. You kind of want to go and uh, with photography right now everybody has a camera and it's really difficult to take a picture that stands out because it's so easy now to take a competent picture and if you go somewhere like North Korea there's less competition so it's obviously tempting for photographers because it's a different kind of um, challenge I guess and then I come from a communist former communist country myself so communism isn't something I'm uh, completely foreign to it's quite familiar I don't really remember much but uh, my parents do and it's something that uh, kind of connects with me I guess I, I wanted to find out more about it, see seed it with my own two eyes and then I read a comic book uh, by a Canadian author I can't pronounce his name Guy DeLisle, maybe I'm sure I've just butchered his name it's called Pyongyang and it's a comic book about his own experience in Pyongyang, the capital city of North Korea. And it's I found it very enticing. I really wanted to go see it for myself and see if it's as bad as people say. Maybe it's not as bad. Is it interesting? Is it different? And that was primary, the, the primary reason why I went. And the same year I went to Chernobyl. Um, so it's, um, it's it's it was a year for, with these weird trips that I took.
0: Is it? As bad as they say, uh, from your experience, because if you forget, like, you know, some people can't imagine living on a deserted island because they don't have TV there. But if you don't care about TV, then you would think a deserted island is utopia. So if you ignore all these uh, Western needs, is North Korea a nice place to live?
1: No, I am quite... I I find personally, I found North Korea even worse than they describe it. Um, I got criticized a lot for saying that and I get criticized pretty much every day still for saying this, but it's my personal opinion. I found it a very oppressive and very sad place. And it's true that if you go, you see everything being roughly in order and you don't see any violence, you don't see any uh, death or... uh, concentration camps because they try to make a really good impression. But it's a highly oppressive place where no one smiles, where people seem to be automated. Uh, there's, there's no laughter, there's no play, there's no fun. And they live according to this state-imposed religion uh, of the political system that they have with the ridiculous cult of their leaders that they have to adhere to you cannot step out of the line you have to have a portrait of the great leaders at home and if and people will visit and if you have any dust on it you can get punished so you have to keep it clean and uh, they are all malnourished every single one of them that we saw was malnourished Uh, i took pictures of the military which is forbidden but uh, i took some pictures of the soldiers they look absolutely pathetic I'm sure they could shoot you with a gun, but they don't look like a particularly menacing or threatening uh, force. They they are all fed very badly. Apparently, every one in four men is too mentally disabled to even serve in the army because they were malnourished as children. Um, and it's a country that takes away your passport as soon as you arrive. It's a country that controls every single move you make uh it's a country where you have zero freedom and as a tourist, and um you have no freedom to interact with the local people um and it's just something which which it's it's like George Orwell, but in real life and and as such, I find it very sad and disturbing. I think it's really bad. People told me that life in uh Australia was worse than life in North Korea or life in India or in Mexico. I've been to I've been to India, I've been to Mexico, and I find this absolutely absurd. And um I, I I feel very sorry for the people of North Korea. They live in a system which enslaves them completely, their bodies and their minds. They cannot leave legally most of the time. You cannot just move out. You can't say, I don't like it, I'm 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 leaving. And um i I I feel really sorry for them and I feel embarrassed that we continue to tolerate the fact that North Korea is allowed to exist in this shape. I think it, the regime should be toppled one way or another, and those people should be free. I uh, I come from Poland. I didn't really like it. And uh, I moved out when I was 24. And no one stopped me. No one could stop me. And I, I live in England now. I really enjoy it. I can say whatever I want. We do have a lot more freedom than they do. You cannot compare these you cannot compare Western democracies for all the faults that they have to North Korea, which is uh, complete hell.
0: Do you think the people in North Korea are aware of this, or are they also, are they so brainwashed that they like North Korea and, and dislike the rest of the world? What do you
1: think? Uh, you cannot answer this question for everyone. What I do know is that they are brainwashed. And... Um, I think the best way to find out the answer for yourself is to read the interviews with the the people who managed to get out of North Korea somehow. And uh, many of them, they they pretty much all say they were were brainwashed, but many of them learned to live in South Korea or in America and they enjoy it. But there's some of them who can never shake off that uh, upbringing and they actually want to go back. They never quite adjust. They don't understand the kind of life that we live. And I think if you live in North Korea, you are almost completely cut off. Uh, They have no Internet, almost. They have their own version of the Internet. There's nothing on it. Uh, they They can't watch foreign TV, but what they can do is they can use short wavelength radios. And they do use it. It's illegal, but they use it. It's very hard to detect. Uh, so they can get away with it, and they listen to news from South Korea. So they are not completely ignorant of what's going on, although I did read that many of them believe that people like me who go to North Korea, they go to North Korea for the purpose of learning or about how amazing it is, and so that we can bring that knowledge back to our countries and implement it at home. So I think some of them are brainwashed to answer your question, and they think it's the best place on earth. And some of them know it's not. And they try to get away. Uh, they risk the lives and the lives of the families. There have been quite a few people like that. It used to be easier in the past. I think in the past you could bribe the soldiers on the uh, Korean-Chinese border and cross the border, buy things, sell things, come back. Uh, now, apparently, the control is a lot more strict, so it's harder. Uh, I don't think they are fully aware of what's going on, uh, but I think they're not completely ignorant, not all of them, at least.
0: There's another country similar in style of North Korea, which is Bhutan, and only similar in the sense that they try to keep themselves closed in without any exterior influence of the rest of the world. But I haven't been to Bhutan, but from what I read, it's it's the same concept as North Korea, but it seems to be a nicer place. Have you heard about Bhutan?
1: I have heard about it. I've never been. Um, What I have heard is that Turkmenistan in Central Asia is apparently quite similar to North Korea as far as the level of uh, control goes. I have not been. I would like to go. And um, I I think North Korea is probably the worst as far as concerned. Um, it, It usually shows up last in various rankings or first. And um I am not quite sure about those ones you mentioned. I know Eritrea has a pretty poor record for journalists who often get killed and imprisoned. Um I, I I apparently Turkmenistan is also more of a happy place than North Korea where they get certain things from uh the government and it's but it's hard to get in, it's hard to get out. It that sort of thing always raises uh, you know, the alarm bell in my head. I'm not quite sure. I, I I may visit one day, and um, I'm I'll definitely take pictures if that's possible. I would. I don't want to. I can't really answer the question. Uh, I I don't have enough knowledge. Uh, North Korea may well be the worst. The United The
0: United States is kind of like the world police, and I always think it's strange that they don't like do anything about North Korea, because. It would be fairly simple. I mean, or is it protected? Uh, do you know? I, I am not, I'm not aware if it's protected by China or something. But I mean, if it's not, if it's standalone, I mean, it would be very easy to just liberate that country.
1: Your guess is correct. Uh, it, you are right in both respects. It would be fairly easy. You wouldn't have to necessarily invade it. You wouldn't have to do it in a military way what you would have to do is you would have to cut off all trade and all help uh, from the outside and people would revolt because imminent death would be more scary than whatever the government can come up with. This indeed almost happened in the 90s where the Chinese uh, did not support uh, North Korea for a brief period and almost there was an uprising in North Korea, as as crazy as this sounds. And... um, but the problem, as you as you said, is China itself, because when you think about it, if North Korea were to become free, most likely it would reunite with South Korea. South Korea is, I believe, 50 times more wealthy and more advanced than North Korea. And so North Korea would be completely dominated by South Korea, and it would become part of South Korea, really. And South Korea is an ally of the United States, and that would mean there would be a very large ally of the United States at the doorstep of China and China doesn't want that. And therefore it is in the best interest of China to keep North and South Korea separate. Uh, And so I don't think the U.S. can do anything because the or much because uh, North Korea is in the Chinese sphere of influence, just as China cannot really attack South Korea or Japan or Taiwan because they are allied with the U.S. And so it's that power thing here. And um, to me, this is a bit of a test of how humanitarian China is, because I believe China makes North Korea possible at the moment. Obviously, they are not very humanitarian in that sense. In fact, women who escape from North Korea sometimes get caught in China and sold as uh, wives or sex slaves. Whereas men caught in North in China get sent back to North Korea. So China is not a very humanitarian society in that sense. Um, so I, I do hope that one day we will see the end of North Korea as it stands right now, but it all depends on China. The US is just not powerful enough. It would have to be powerful enough to boss around China, and that's not happening.
0: You have to have a guide when you are a tourist in North Korea at all times. Uh, but So how did you manage to take the photos?
1: Um, what happens is... Unless you're American, you have the choice of arriving in North Korea by plane or by train. And I went with the train option. So you take a train in Dandong in China. uh, It goes across the bridge and you're in North Korea. And then you travel by train to Pyongyang, which takes several hours. And um, you only meet your guides in Pyongyang. So your guides do not assist you on the train journey. And we were told that. Photography uh, on the train was strictly illegal, and we could not do it. But I, I just realized they could not watch all of us at the same time. Uh, so I was taking some sneak shots from the train then, uh, which was not really difficult. Um, they were just too few of, of North Koreans. I think they assume most people wouldn't mess with the rules. Uh, but I took quite a few pictures of the countryside, kind of rural, nice pictures. I think they don't show anything par- particularly controversial, I don't think and um so that was that we didn't have the guides with us once you're in pyongyang you are intercepted by your guides they do not leave you for a second uh so they show you around pyongyang i think virtually every picture almost every picture i took in pyongyang is perfectly fine to take and legal there's nothing wrong about it from a north korean point of view because they take you to the places. Where we, we, that they are proud of. They want you to take pictures and they want you to appreciate the architecture that they have and the skyscrapers that they built and the clean streets which are clean uh, for real. And um, so that's all fine. What happens then, depending on your tour, they may take you to the DMZ, the demilitarized zone uh, between South and North Korea Uh, The the name of it suggests there's nothing military about it. It, It's the exact opposite. It's one of the the best and and most securely guarded uh, borders in the world, in fact. Uh, So if you want to escape from North Korea, you have to go via China. You wouldn't go via South Korea. Um, And they told us once we get to the DMZ, we are allowed to take pictures in certain places and of one particular soldier, nothing else. So uh, I took pictures of that soldier, but I took pictures of other soldiers as well. There was a place where there were some sort of old, rusty military installations. I took a picture as well. You were not allowed. Um, and then uh, the, before the DMZ, there was a an area uh, I think of about one or two hundred kilometers, and they said you cannot take pictures here, absolutely illegal. And there's nothing for you to look at anyway, and therefore you will go to sleep. So they actually told us to go to sleep on the on the minibus that we took. And uh, it was just to give you an idea, I think between eight or nine in the morning, we had just woken up. We had just had breakfast. The last thing we wanted was to sleep. And they told us to go to sleep. And so we kind of did. But I was I was taking those pictures Um, again. Nothing I would say massively controversial about them, but they don't want you to take them. And therefore, they are illegal.
0: What about this picture in the train station that I read you said was faked? Like the p- passengers?
1: Yeah, we arrived in Pyongyang uh, after the long train journey from Dandong. And the train stopped and we were in the compartment, my travel companions and myself. And it looked like something out of a theater. And the fact that there was, we looked at it through a window with uh, kind of these curtains it enforced further the the image that this is just a theater and you would see the most perfect and pristine platform and people moving back and forth with baggage looking like tourists but not not really being tourists and there was no reason for them to be there they were not waiting for anyone they were not traveling anywhere because that was the only train that day Uh, but they were put there to create an impression that Pyongyang is this busy dynamic place And if you go to any train station in the world, which is not empty, you will see chaos. You will see people moving in seemingly random directions. Whereas the Pyongyang one was, um, it looked to be in perfect order. Nothing was, um, it was like something in a theater, which tries to trick you into thinking that it's real, but you can tell it's not, it's, it's just staged. Um, So it was, it made quite a big impression on us, I think, because they really try to make you they really try to make you think that north korea is that they have the answers that they it is the perfect system and you should go back home and tell everyone that this is the way you should uh have your country set up they're really proud of it and they try to create an impression that it's normal and it's busy and dynamic but you just don't buy it and um we were we were traveling everywhere with the, with our guides or minders And they would often make phone calls uh, and we just suspected that they were trying to give people a heads up that we were coming so they could prepare the place a little bit and uh, switch the lights on because uh, Pyongyang never has enough energy for the whole of the city. They've had a constant state of emergency for I think four decades now. They don't have enough power so we we did think very often that something was completely staged. That's one of the pictures that became quite famous indeed. Uh it's it it looked quite surreal.
0: Isn't it easier to just not invite any tourists than to have all this effort to fake it?
1: It absolutely is easier not to let anyone in and uh they could do it if they could afford it. But the problem is the country is running very, very low in money, and they need any money they can get. Therefore, they do invite tourists. They charge quite a lot for those trips. They charge quite a lot for the hotels. And uh, if you go, they will tell you. What they told us was you can go to the circus, which was quite expensive, especially in North Korea. We didn't really want to go to a circus, but they said the only other option was to sit in the minivan for two hours. So we went to the circus, obviously, and we had to pay. And there's a lot of these things. They try to charge you for uh, home, and uh, you know there's these shops with souvenirs. You go to a restaurant and they are selling computer screens. Um, so they really try to make the most out of the money that you bring in. And that's why they invite tourists. They just desperately need the money. And therefore, people like me who go to North Korea, whether they like it or not, they support the regime.
0: So, how many tourists are there in North Korea? I mean, did you see others?
1: Yeah, yeah. There's quite a few. There's a whole uh, big um, hotel, and I can't tell you how many people exactly, but it's fairly busy. Um, I w- I went to Mauritania a uh, couple of years ago. I think about a thousand tourists come every year to Mauritania, about a thousand people, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, but it's very low. It's a very low number. North Korea has a lot more uh you see some in Pyongyang there's another place you can go to some sort of kind of beach resort in North Korea which people go to as well so there is quite a few people you see uh you see even families with children uh you, the, when we went there was some sort of football competition for the youngsters i can't remember how young they were um but yeah the, the, it's it's fairly busy i guess um and you get to occasionally see in, in, uh, in Pyongyang, you get to see, uh, I believe, a Spanish or an Italian man, I think Spanish, riding his uh, bicycle. And it's, it's one of the people from the West who came over to live in North Korea. And he's cycling around the city to create an impression that it's a uh, cosmopolitan and open city, even though it isn't. But there are quite a few people, yeah.
0: Well, I, I went to Brunei a few years ago. Brunei is uh, in, in, on Borneo, a small country. It's also a, like a sort of dictatorship not on the level of North Korea it's but it's still they have like some strict rules and one is of course it's completely illegal to criticize the leader like in North Korea and uh, i went into a jungle trip with uh, this guide and we were completely alone far away from society in the jungle and i just said to him look uh you know, nobody's around. I mean, is the leader really good? I mean, I mean, is he a is he a dickhead or not? And even in this place, he still like looked around, like if somebody would hear him. And then he said, uh, "No, he's fine. He's, he's he's good." Like the psychological pressure was even affecting him out in the in the middle of nowhere, where there was no chance anybody could report him. You know. And I imagine it's like that in North Korea as well. I mean, did you have a? Did you did you ha- develop any friendship or any like rapport with the uh, the guide that followed you around? Did you get to know him?
1: No, uh, in in North Korea you are separated from the people virtually at all times. And I've been to many countries in the world. I've been to more than fifty countries in the world. And everywhere I go, people are excited to see me even if they don't speak my language they come and and they invite me and they wave to me and they you know the kids run around and chase you and uh, nothing like that ever happened in north korea they were really trying to stay away from us look the other way they seemed to be really scared um i went to tunisia uh probably about a decade ago and that was before the arab spring and you could see the portraits of the king or president actually president all over the place, everywhere. And I asked so many people, what do you think about the president? And everybody loved him. And then a couple of years later, they had a revolution. So you can kind its it's sometimes you can see the signs of um, dissent, uh, maybe something written on the toilet door or, you know, a graffiti or uh, someone trying to suggest something to you, say something between the, the lines. I got nothing like that in north korea um you are and it's interesting because you are encouraged to argue with your guys and they will try to answer as much as possible so they they tell you a lot of ridiculous things like there's no crime in north korea there's no courts there's no prisons um, uh, there's no homosexuality and you can question it you, you, it's fine. But if they, do know, don't, if they don't know what to answer, they will just look the other way. And it's not that difficult to ans- ask them something which they won't be able to answer because it's not really consistent what they are saying. But uh, no, I, I we did not establish any, I don't think anyone in our group um, established any kind of friendship. It's impossible. I think it's it's a cultural barrier as well as language and I think they do treat us with great suspicion and by becoming friends with us, they would bring this suspicion onto themselves, I believe. So they try to, as much as possible, I think they try to keep their distance, which is quite sad. I don't think he, I don't think it's easy to make any friends in, in North Korea.
0: I don't know if it's true, but I heard that if a tourist does something they're not supposed to, it, the guide is punished. So it's kind of his responsibility as well, I guess.
1: Yes, I, I, I heard about that. And, and also a lot of people told me that I got my guides in trouble and I got people from, who claimed they were from North Korea uh, telling me that, in fact, the guides were killed uh, because of the pictures. I don't know how much truth there is in that. Of course, I hope nothing bad happened to them. Uh, once again, if you look at the pictures that I took, they did not show North Korea in a particularly flattering light. But there's nothing, it's not espionage. There's there's nothing, uh, there's no secret that leaked because of them. Um, I hope they did not get into any kind of trouble. I know North Korea must know about these pictures because they were used by um, uh, the South Korean consulate. And they were, I think, shown in South Korean media. And I know that in Poland uh, there was a TV station that was in touch with me and they, they asked uh, the North Korean embassy in Warsaw to comment on those pictures and they denied, uh, they declined. Um, so they know about the pictures. I I really do hope nothing happens to the guides. Uh, but at the same time, I, I will say, I feel pretty strongly about this here in the West. We have freedom of speech and it's a gift. It's not something that was given to us for us to give away and let go of it's it, this freedom of speech is not with us permanently it's our I think duty to protect it and we should not cower from any kind of pressure we get from uh, you, you know foreign countries or our own countries we should always protect freedom of speech and if there's something that we have to we we have we want to publish we should be able to publish it I think uh, I feel very strongly about freedom of speech because the country I come from did not have freedom of speech uh, fairly recently. And I think it's a value which is uh, which can be classified above others.
0: Well, if if North Korea has seen your photos, it means somebody in North Korea at least have the internet.
1: Yeah, I think the internet is available to the authorities, I'm, I'm pretty sure. And in fact, I think you can get on the internet in the hotel that I stayed in, although I don't know this for sure, I didn't do it. Uh, I think they do have about... They literally have, I think, about 20 IP addresses registered in the country. So there, there is, you know, the authorities are able to see them. No, no Ordinary North Koreans, probably not.
0: So uh, would you recommend anybody going to North Korea?
1: Yeah, I would do. I, I, I got tons of comments from people saying North Korea is not as bad as I portrayed it. I recommend those people go see it for themselves. And I think it's if if you've ever read any dystopian novels i think they feel a bit like science fiction but if you go to north korea it actually makes it look very real it's no longer it's no longer fiction it's actually a fact and i think north korea instills certain appreciation for the kind of freedoms that we have that they do not have and uh gives you an idea of how volatile perhaps those freedoms are and and you know we should protect them. So I think I think it's a very educational trip. Although you have to bear in mind, as I said earlier, that if you do go, you support the North Korean regime financially.
0: But I mean, the pictures you took of the cities—I mean, they look kind of bleak and dull and miserable, like classical East Bloc communism. But uh, how is the actual countryside? Is that beautiful and spectacular?
1: yeah i think north korea has a, a a great potential as a tourist destination because it's so beautiful and green and lush the mountains are really amazing so there's, there's tons of mountains in um in north korea and because they have tons of mountains they should have no problems with energy because they could build dams and uh dams, sorry but uh they they do not make any they do not utilize that in any way uh i i the, the, the The villages we saw look really poor, quite photogenic, I guess, uh, but the country is it doesn't make an impression of of a place which is photogenic and as long as it's nature, nature is beautiful but, but whatever the humans built isn't all that nice. I personally don't like that architecture. I grew up in that kind of architecture it doesn't um appeal to me at all. I find it really uh oppressive and and brutalist. Um, there's buildings like that in London as well. So it's not just, um, you know, it's not just the Eastern block, but, um, I think there's beauty to be found in in North Korea, although it would probably be natural things rather than whatever the humans created.
0: I also want to know a bit about Chernobyl because I, I would like to go there as well. Can you tell a bit about Chernobyl?
1: Yeah. Um, Chernobyl was a trip I went on for, uh, personal reasons. I was, um, let's say, affected by Chernobyl. Um, when it happened, I was two, so I don't really remember much, um, but it scared my parents greatly. I was uh, I was personally, as, as a child, I was outside that day when um, the radioactive cloud was passing above us, and there was this risk that we all got contaminated. So they woke up my parents at two at night, and uh, they didn't know what was going on, but they told me to drink something, which I didn't want to drink because it was disgusting apparently, but it kind of protected my thyroid from the radiation. Um, But uh, a cousin of mine died uh, as a a result, I believe, or we believe. Uh, She got cancer and uh, following Chernobyl and died. Um, And so for me to go to Chernobyl was uh, a fairly personal private thing, I guess. And I just wanted to look the monster in the eye the thing about Chernobyl is that people think it's completely in the past. It's not. It's still causing disease, and it still could go wrong. So um, there is, if, if you if you look inside the reactor four, there is I think it's the upper biological shield, which is perched on on top of the reactor in a very precarious, dangerous position. And if that drops, we're going to have a massive problem. Uh, so Reactor 4 is, has got a sarcophagus around it, and that sarcophagus was meant to last 15 years. Well, it's been 30 now, and they've only, I think just a couple of weeks ago, they managed to put the new safe confinement on top of Reactor 4. So the bad news is if you haven't been to Chernobyl uh, yet, you will never see Reactor 4 from the outside because it's just been covered by this new structure called the uh, safe, con- the new safe confinement but I, I do I do recommend it. It's it's got it's an area. It's not just a nuclear plant, but it's a pretty vast area, almost completely desolate and nature has taken over, it's destroying buildings. There's trees growing inside of buildings. It's illegal to go inside those buildings because it's very dangerous, but people go in anyway, of course. Uh you don't see any monsters, but uh so the the radiation didn't really have much impact on uh nature, but what happens is this fish and uh, in in the lake uh, or in the river next to the plant, and because humans don't really fish there anymore, those fish grow to enormous. Uh, they they reach an enormous size and they have big teeth. Apparently, so it, it's called the monster fish of Chernobyl, which I thought was pretty cool. Apparently, if you go there and put some throw some bread into the river, you may just see it. Um, there's nothing. Uh, it's, it's not really that dangerous. I was lucky because I got permission to go inside the nuclear plant and it's like traveling back in time, probably 50 years, uh, pure communism in, in terms of the, or socialism, I guess, in terms of the architecture and the furniture of that place. And you get to, depending on how lucky you get, you can get to, um, reactor three. If you get even more lucky, you could go inside reactor four where radiation levels are actually dangerously high, we made it up to reactor three and then they wouldn't let us go any further. We didn't get permission for that. Uh, but I, I, it's, 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 uh, I think it's a great history lesson and I think it's just got this post-apocalyptic post, uh, feel to it. So I actually, yeah, I, I do recommend it. I think it's a great trip and you will learn a lot from the guides. I was positively surprised by how knowledgeable they were. I learned so much about Chernobyl. And it's it's one of those historical places you kind of have to see for yourself if you can. So I completely recommend it.
0: Is it like a ghost town, like a whole city that's empty?
1: So Chernobyl, the plant, is uh, standalone. And the plant is very well taken care of. There is Chernobyl, the town, which is, uh, I would say, to a large degree, I think, maybe a ghost town. There's not many uh, people there, but it's fairly well-maintained. And then there's the Pripyat city, town i think pripyat town most pictures that you see are from pripyat town and that is completely desolate and um it's a ghost town so it's not completely quiet because the wind keeps shutting doors and windows and um but it's no people live there it's too contaminated you can you can go inside buildings there's hardly anything left people have stolen everything or taken everything out. It's not like it's just been abandoned five minutes ago, which is what someone told me. It doesn't feel that way. It feels really abandoned. It's been a very long time. It's raining inside and snowing and there's uh, moss growing inside and those buildings are falling apart. But you get to see things like schools with books left in them and the post office with letters left in in it and a police station, uh, kind of little uh, jail and uh the hospital which is quite eerie there's still some medicine in there we found and a morgue uh which is again quite scary i think to visit so it's um that is a complete ghost town and then on top of that you have villages and those villages have been abandoned as well so there's there's, they are literally uh being taken over by trees and bushes and so on And there's a group of people, and I think there's about 700 of them, um, who have come back. Uh, They they are called self-settlers. Invariably, they are very old people. And they just think they don't have a lot longer to live anyway. And Because they are older, the cells in their bodies divide quite slowly, so they are less likely to get cancer. And they just decided they would come back. And they live on their own, often very lonely, but they decided to come back to the village that they grew up in. Uh, Apart from that, it's all completely desolate and abandoned.
0: Did you have to use any protection when you were visiting?
1: We had to, so we had a a dosimeter which tells you the radiation. Uh, We were told to wear clothes that protected all of our bodies, but we didn't have to wear gloves or hats. And they said uh, there's a you have to you know, go through this checkpoint on your way out, and it tells you whether you are contaminated or not. And um, apparently, if you are, you may have to get rid of some of the clothing, but you can wear your normal clothes. It's fine. Once you go, once you go into the nuclear plant itself, you get to wear a white robe and a white hat, so you look like a scientist from 50 years ago. But it's not really a protective suit. Uh, in the all of the Chernobyl area, there are two places where you have to wear uh, a protective suit. One of them is Reactor Four, which has a very high radiation levels, and the other one is the Chernobyl. Uh, is, sorry, is the Pripyat hospital basement? So you can go to the hospital in Pripyat, completely abandoned, and you don't have to wear any kind of protection. But if you want to go to the basement, which I do not recommend then you have to wear protection and the basement is uh, i believe illegal to access but you can access it and it's probably one of the most contaminated places on earth that you can actually access the reason why is when chernobyl blew up they brought a lot of uh firefighters and the people involved in the cleanup of during the first night they brought them to that hospital and they very quickly realized what was going on and that they were contaminated so they undressed them and they shaved their bodies just to get rid of all this radioactive dust. And, uh, and they transported those people to Moscow, to a specialized hospital. But the clothes and the hair, they had to dispose of it somehow. And what they did is they dropped it into the basement. And that um, the gear, the clothing, uh, it's still there in the basement of those firefighters, many of whom died. And uh, you can go and then you will literally bathe in the gamma radiation, uh, which 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 comes out of those objects. Now, we didn't do it because you need to have a protective outfit and because it's illegal. But what someone did, someone went into that basement, found a piece of uh, head used, but that was used by one of the firefighters and brought it back up uh, to that kind of hospital lobby and it's lying there on the ledge and it looks very inconspicuous. We didn't quite know what it was, but our guide knew what it was. And she said, come over here with the dosimeter. And I put my hand next to it and I have a picture of it you can find on my website. And the dosimeter just went crazy because it's so incredibly radioactive. So there you would have to wear a protective suit or if you wanted to go to reactor four and if you got permission to go into reactor four, you would have to wear a protective suit Otherwise, you just have to wear long sleeves and proper shoes, and that's about it.
0: You never went to a trip where you went to uh, a beach in Ibiza? <laughs>
1: and I, I, went to, uh, I went to Thailand, actually. Uh, so I did have a beach holiday this year. Uh, but it's just not my kind of thing.
0: So if people want to check out your uh, photographs, where can they do that?
1: Uh, they can Google my name, or I'm on Instagram now, I'm on Twitter, and I'm on Facebook. So it's probably best to Google my, uh, my name. Hopefully you could provide some sort of link because my name is impossible to spell. Uh, (laughs) So um, that's probably the best way.
0: Yeah, I will uh, post some links in the program notes
1: so people can easily click on them.
0: Well, thank you a lot for taking the time to talk to me.
1: Uh, Thank you for showing the interest. Uh, It's a great honor and I'm always happy to share these stories with whoever wants to listen to them. So thank you so much.
0: Check out his website uh, www.m1key.me That's M and then 1 uh, as the number, K-E-Y dot M-E. And I'll also post some additional links in the program notes as well, his Twitter and Facebook and so on. Uh, considering that North Korea is probably the worst country in the world, It is only fitting to listen to a song now called The Worst Song in the World by White Lighters from the album As Far As You Can, As Fast As You Can. Go to whitelighters13.bandcamp.com to check out more of their music. And that is 13 as in the number, not the letters. Uh, A lot of links with numbers in this episode. Uh, And also, uh, as always, don't forget to like the Facebook page and follow the podcast on Twitter at Born Alchemist. Freedom is in the mind.